The final season of Justified has not yet started, but we're still justified. Getting started here on Post Show Recaps. I'm Josh Wiggler. I am joined here by the love of my life, Antonio Mazzaro, uh, for a very exciting thing. We are doing a Justified podcast. Antonio! Boom! That's great. I'm very excited. And you call me the love of your life. That's fantastic. I always thought of us as a little bit of Boyd and Raylan, maybe. Like two guys. Guys, two bros, maybe we dug some coal together. We've done some great things together, but I, I think we've done, we're, some, maybe we've a done little... some great things together. Anthony. Let's not talk. Let's not. Yeah, we have done some great things here on post show recaps. I was worried you were talking about something that happened in New York that we don't need to talk about. But um, no, yeah, we've no, done no, some no, great... we don't talk about that. No, I know. I know. So we've done some great things on post show recaps. We've talked about the leftovers. We've talked about the strain. We talk about lost. And now we're going to talk about justified. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. So we've been we've been teasing this online. We've, we've teased this. If you listen to The Walking Dead live on post show recaps, I've been mentioning this a little bit here and there. Uh, maybe you're just finding out about this for the first time. Uh, but yeah, we've been talking, Antonio and I, about doing a justified podcast for a long while. Uh, justified is going to be airing its final season Starting in January 2015, season six premieres January 20th. Uh, it's, a, it's a show that's near and dear to my heart. I got to imagine probably nearer and dearer to your heart, Antonio, which will, for reasons we'll get into in, in this podcast. Um, but in the, in the lead up to that, because Justified's a great, great, great show that I think a lot of people might not know about. Uh, and I, and Antonio and I, before, uh, getting into the final season of Justified, we were both talking about how it would probably be beneficial to get as many people on board this thing as possible to get on the good ship Justified if you have not been watching the show. So what Antonio and I are going to be doing over the next several weeks leading up to the season six premiere is we're going to be talking about one season of Justified every single week, uh, holidays excluded, leading up to the Justified premiere. And it's going to be awesome. And it starts right now. This is where and it, it starts now. Yeah, we, well, we've already started technically. We have started, and we're justified in doing so. Um, dude, so tell me for the for the straights for the people who don't know about Justified. Tell tell us what Justified's about, Antonio. Justified is a show set in Kentucky, my home state, featuring a, a lawman, a U.S. marshal, who is from Kentucky and has spent a lot of time outside the state for various reasons, which we'll learn more about as we watch the series. And he's returned home uh, due to some incidents that have unfortunately forced him out of some other areas. And when he returns home, he, he finds that you can, you know, you can always check out a home, but you can't really leave it. Or, you know, he just figure he, he realizes pretty quickly that you can try to run away from your past, but the past is never past. It isn't even past. It's still going on. And he's having a very difficult time of it, as, as we'll find out. Uh, it, he encounters a lot of people from his previous life when he was in Kentucky in high school and shortly thereafter. He's got family there and he runs into some problems relatively quickly there in Kentucky. So it's all about that. It's based on characters created by Elmore Leonard. Great writer. Uh, I know you've got some more insight into that. We've both read the short story that introduced that. But are you are you a big Elmore Leonard fan? You know, I haven't read a ton of Elmore Leonard. Uh, I've, I've been reading a lot of his Raylan Givens stuff. Uh, Raylan Givens being the main character of Justified, who premiered in a book called Pronto, uh, is also in Ride the Rap, and is in the short story Fire in the Hole, which is the basis for Justified. And really, if you read the short story Fire in the Hole, which Antonio and I just did the other day, uh, and I, you, you were already into your rewatch of Justified, but I started rewatching right after I read Fire in the Hole, uh, and the pilot is Fire in the Hole. It's amazing. It's, in, it's incredible how close those two things are. Uh, 
he's he's an incredible incredible writer uh if if you haven't read his his stories chances are good that you've seen movies or tv shows that are based on his works 310 to yuma is based on an elmore leonard story get shorty jackie brown uh he's he's a phenomenal phenomenal author was a phenomenal author he died in 2013 uh and he worked really closely with graham yost and and timothy oliphant who plays raylan givens graham yost is the showrunner of justified he worked really closely with those guys or at least was a a great sounding board for those guys in developing justified and i think that's a, a key reason why this series has such a unique voice and feels very much like an elmore leonard story just week after week after week uh and that is to say that it is unpredictable it's often very violent sometimes pretty vulgar very, very, very funny, uh, often in a very, very dark way, also very moving in unexpected ways. Um, you know, if you look at Justified just on the surface, and this is how I looked at it before I started watching, I didn't start watching the show until season three was airing. I went back and, and watched seasons one and two uh, after they had aired and right before season three began because a friend told me, you got to watch Justified. And I'd kind of figured, like, oh, it's probably just like another, you know, cowboy show. It's just going to be a procedural. It's going to be like, I don't know, modern day uh, Walker, Texas Ranger. I wasn't that into it. I'm, I was very, very surprised with, with the quality of the show once I started digging into it. Uh, it's, it's just always, it's, it always keeps you on the edge of your seat. It's very unexpected. It's great. Yeah. The characters really, really pop. And one of the hallmarks of Elmore Leonard is you've got charismatic villains and even the, the quote unquote good guys, like you said, Walker, Texas Ranger, the, the traditional kind of standard bearers of your show, your cowboys, your, uh, marshals, your detectives, whoever they are, they all have very complicated characters and personas a lot of them have shades of darkness in them there is kind of that blurred line between good guy and bad guy or hero and villain a lot of the time and that is is rather a hallmark of elmore leonard's work if you've seen any of it like get shorty like out of sight uh, movies that have been made based on his writings you've probably seen that play out so and lots of tough people you know, right. tough men, tough women, but even even better than that, even better than the people who are like total badasses, people who are super capable and super confident are the idiots who think they're badasses. And there <laughs> and, and there are so many, so many of them. You touched on the fact that there's tons of villains and and really uh, expertly crafted villains in, in Elmore Leonard stories and certainly on Justified. Uh, and I think a big piece of that is because a lot of them are just total nincompoops, just total, total morons. Right. They have these grandiose ideas or plans about who they are and how they fit into society. A lot, and in of, most a lot cases, of people who think that they've put like inputted the Contra code on their lives before they put a plan into motion only right, to find out 30 that, chances. Right. Yeah. Only to find out that you only get one life and you're not that good at the game. Right. And we see that play out over the course of Justify. The, but, but it's done with such relish and aplomb. It's a really uh, fantastic showcase for so many good <clears throat> walk-on character actors, day players, people who do kind of one-off episodes. The show really is a roving kind of gallery for these, play, these people to come in. There's some great guest performances. <clears throat> and like you said, if you're looking at this like it's a Walker, Texas Ranger type show or a procedural, um, the first few episodes, and, and we'll dive into this next week, but the first few episodes maybe come off that way, but the whole the scope of the series uh, is phenomenal. Things don't happen in a vacuum. Uh, we don't see things neatly wrapped up one week that don't carry into the following week. <laughs> These are stories and things that happen in the show that absolutely have an emotional impact and the weight is carried throughout the series. And it's building to a very good crescendo. Josh, I, I want to just make sure that we establish here 
that we're going to do this series of podcasts leading up to season six, where we're going to do our episode by episode. We're going to do these spoiler free. So hopefully if people are bored over the holidays, have some time, they can binge watch Justified with us and catch up. That's absolutely right. I mean, frankly, I kind of need to do it that way because I'm not even fully caught up on Justified, as I've told you before, Antonio, to your amazement uh, that I have not finished season five of Justified. So I still have surprises in store for myself. But when we're talking about a season of Justified, we're going to talk about the season and nothing past the season of Justified. So next week, we're going to talk about season one of the show. We won't talk about anything that's happening in season two. So this should be pretty user friendly. If, if, if you're new to the show, should be pretty new user friendly. Hopefully you'll be you'll be good with that. Um, Antonio, tell, tell me a little bit about Harlan County. Uh, t- tell us about this, about this crazy world that, that Raylan Givens occupies. Well, Kentucky is an interesting state, Josh. I am born, raised, and spent most of my life in Kentucky. Uh, like Raylan Givens, the only real time I've spent outside of it, um, meaningfully, was spent in Miami. And I went there for work, like Raylan Givens, and work called me home, like Raylan Givens. So here we are. So basically, you are Raylan Givens. We won't. Uh, you're, I don't, the, you're the Raylan Givens of podcasting. I am wearing a hat right now. Really? It's a. It, it's it's like a winter hat. I was cold. Oh, so it's not a cowboy hat. No, no. I'm wearing well, I, a cowboy hat. Are you really? No. On your head? Nope. Oh, okay, okay. I got it. <laughs> so, so Kentucky is an interesting state, as I was saying. It, it was not a slave state. It did not secede from the Union. As far as the Civil War goes, the pit brother against brother thing was absolutely hit directly home in Kentucky, where that was what was happening. There were a lot of battles fought here. Uh, Lincoln said, God help us if we lose Kentucky, we lose the war. So it was very important and, and kind of seen as this state that is not quite Southern and not quite Northern. I think most of the country sees Kentucky as Southern uh, and is sort of full of hillbillies and rednecks. And that's fine because uh, a lot of well, what's interesting about that is people from Cleveland, Ohio, for example, they look at Cincinnati as a redneck town because it's so close to Kentucky. But people from the South don't think of Northern Kentucky, especially as the South. They think of it as full of Yankees. So it's a very interesting place. And to what, be from. What, what constitutes Northern Kentucky, like Lexington and, and upwards? Yeah, they call it the Golden Triangle, Lexington, Louisville, Covington, Newport, uh, Covington and Newport are the river cities that are across from Cincinnati. Louisville is the river city on the Ohio River that borders Indiana. And Lexington is smack dab in the center of Kentucky. And the capital of Kentucky, Frankfurt, is right there in the middle of all of that. So that's all the northern part of the state. You've got a large western part of the state that borders on Missouri. And you've got the eastern part of the state, which borders on Tennessee, Virginia, and West Virginia. That's the Appalachian Mountains. And it's from those hills and those mountains that you get so many incredible things in the world, like bourbon, uh, which is also in central Kentucky. You get Love bluegrass, bourbon. you get, you get coal. Bluegrass. <laughs> How do you feel about coal? You know, it, so, it, it exists. It's a, you, exactly. Coal keeps the lights on. I guess. I don't know. Sometimes. But anyway, you have these really interesting things that come from this area full of, uh, full of Scotch Irish immigrants. Uh, you've got some really interesting backgrounds, but as such, the people in Eastern Kentucky where a large majority of the show is set uh, are very clan based. It's, it's not clan with a K, although there is some of that. Uh, it is uh, more clan like a C, like who are your people? They're very Scottish in that way. Uh, and there are traditions like that. So outsiders aren't really welcomed in, in a lot of places in Kentucky. Uh, they call them these areas between hills or these clearings or these these that you know you might have heard of hollows hollers these are areas where people come together on um, the the hills of eastern kentucky are full of these things they're full of drugs 
They're full of guns. They're full of incredible culture and tradition. Uh, they're really, really an interesting place that can't easily be summed up by one term like backwoods or something like that because they're not that. There's some more wisdom in some of those areas than any place I've been in the entire world. So uh, I, it's a fascinating place to be from. And it's a fascinating place to do a show about. I think some criticism of Justified comes from people feeling it's not nuanced enough. But honestly, I feel like there is a lot of nuance in the show. And I'd be interested to see what people's thoughts are if they haven't been to the area once they watch the show, what they think about it. When you say that it's it's not nuanced uh, for, for those criticisms, are those criticisms from uh, people from Kentucky or criticisms of the show in general? I think mostly from people from Kentucky uh, or or maybe of the show in general. I think that if you just look at it on one level, you probably see Kentucky in this show as, oh, there's just a bunch of white supremacists or criminals or drug runners. And it isn't really like that. We, we see a lot more of that nuance emerge throughout the context of the show in seasons two, three, four, etc. It's not always present up front. And so that can be a little difficult, but it's uh, it's it's actually a really I think um, if people actually take a, a step back and watch the whole series, I don't think it's painting a, a terribly negative view of Kentucky. But that I don't want to speak for everybody. There may be other people who feel it's a horrible show uh, and who, who feel it does no justice to anybody. But um, I've seen a lot of really good things. I've watched every episode, which I'm not sure everybody who criticizes the show has done. Uh, and I, I feel like there's a lot to there's a lot of nuance in it and there's nuance in the writing. Uh, the fire in the whole story talks about how the coal companies are destroying uh, the towns in eastern Kentucky. And that's absolutely true. Uh, and there's there's a storyline in season two without spoiling anything that touches on that. So it is touching on some issues which are really important to the state. Uh, and it's it would be wrong to assume Kentucky doesn't have serious drug problems and things that are absolutely going on in the eastern part of the state. So I think it's shedding light on some things that that need to have light shed on them. Uh, and I as a Kentuckian, I think it's it's still a really powerful show in that regard and i'm definitely interested in what what your thoughts are about that uh in general having probably not been to kentucky i've never uh, been to kentucky i've never been to kentucky and i would i would say that the show doesn't do too many favors for the stereotypes of kentucky from from my standpoint because a lot of the people that raylan ends up encountering are just these harebrained idiots who think that they're god and end up you know, failing, whether they, whether they die, whether they wind up behind bars or they're on the run, their lives get turned upside down in catastrophic ways because of the ways these people uh, massively um, overestimate their abilities uh, because these people are just not the smartest, not the brightest. Uh, and that's, that's the case for a lot of the characters on the show. Um, so I, I, yeah. I, I some of them are from Kentucky, a, right? Yeah. Some are from Detroit, some are from Tennessee, some are from outside the area. And I think that what you see is that these goofy idiots from outside the area try to make Kentucky their thing. And they come in there not really having a clue about what they're going to deal with. And they usually end up on the short end of the stick as a result. So I do think that they're on some level, You've got Floridians coming in, people from Detroit, like I said, and those people usually end up on the short end of the stick. So I do think there's something to be said for the fact that people from outside the state can't seem to hang when they come to Kentucky. One of the things that you just mentioned a little while ago about talking about like clans and and how that's kind of part of the culture uh, on on the show, certainly uh, makes me think about uh, like justified. There's something like kind of Game of Thrones about it. (laughs) 
if if you can see it in the fact that it's it's very family based there's these families that have these ancient rivalries these you know blood deep feuds between each other uh people who are who are very greedy about territory and property and what they deserve what they belong people who go to war against each other i feel i feel like there's a kinship between westeros and harlan county in a way yeah i think that's accurate and i think that that's it's all about that that connectivity and that those those houses. I mean, that's a if you think about Westeros, that's obviously kind of the British uh, royalty and the, uh, the 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 fiefdoms and the fealty and all the things that are present in uh, the way the the British system has played out over the the centuries. Um, that a lot of that with uh, the clans and the people is what was transported to Kentucky uh, when the the immigrants that came to Kentucky came. Similarly, if uh, if we were doing a show about Chicago, we couldn't do a show about Chicago that didn't show some aspect of something like Polish culture, for example, uh, or the Hispanic culture that populates Chicago. So that sort of uh, family-based relationship kind of thing uh, is absolutely part and parcel to these people who are the lifelong Kentuckians whose families have grown up there for generations because their families came over from Scotland or Ireland in the 1800s. And as a result, Kentucky's really big on horse racing. As a result, Kentucky's really big on whiskey and bluegrass music has so much in common with Celtic music and so forth and so on. There is a direct lineage and link to people from those areas. And as a result, that plays out on the show. And like I said, I think that the positives about Kentucky come off a little more subtly on the show. <laughs> so I do think that there can be some criticism leveled that on, on its surface, it just makes everybody in Kentucky look like gun-toting, crazy redneck thugs who are trying to run drugs and cause criminal enterprise to take over the state. But in reality, you see a lot of people just trying to get by, uh, people continuing their cultural heritage. And I mean, for what it's worth, the family versus family thing, it's not entirely inaccurate. I mean, that is stuff that's happened throughout the history of Kentucky. So it is not something that uh, we should run from or pretend like it's not accurate when we see it on a show. Totally. Um, so let's talk about some of the characters on this show. We talked, we talked a bit about Raylan Givens. Is there anything more we've got to say about it? I mean, Timothy Oliphant is incredible. Uh, if you're, if you're a Deadwood fan and you haven't seen Justified, he's basically, he's like his Deadwood character, uh, in the modern day ramped up to like 20, you know, on a scale of one to 10. So he's he's intense. He's crazy. Yeah, he's carrying around like a Dexter level dark passenger and it's not causing him to uh, commit serial crimes, but it is causing him to act out in some very violent ways and maybe put himself in situations that he shouldn't where his life's in danger and he finds himself in positions where it's kill or be killed. He's, he's, he's got a very strict moral code. Uh, he sees he sees a line in, in things and he knows one way or the other way. And sometimes that's not like an obvious black or white good versus evil type of thing but he sees a way of the world and that is the way he operates and it's pretty inflexible yeah and if you've never seen justified when you watch the pilot in the first 10 minutes you're going to get an exact summary of that in microcosm absolutely uh so we, we can move on from him timothy oliphant's amazing he is uh he's he's a huge uh part of the creative on the show as well has a has a huge voice on on the story and, and where the show is going uh so he's deeply invested and in i think he's a huge reason why the show works both from obviously an acting standpoint but also a story standpoint uh the other the, you know the the flip side of the coin uh and he's a hard character for us to talk about right now is boyd crowder uh played by walton goggins who is late of the shield uh has has been on sons of anarchy is just a terrific phenomenal phenomenal actor who basically plays the opposite number to raylan gibbons 
Yeah, and and we don't have to go too much in depth. Um, keep in mind all these characters that we're mentioning. They may or may not be throughout the whole show. We're not spoiling anything by saying these characters exist. This is more of a introduction to where things stand when we begin the series. Uh, and and yeah, we've got we've got Boyd Crowder there. He's Raylan's. He's somebody that Raylan knew growing up. Uh, he is from uh, you know a family that has run criminal enterprise and has been kind of involved in some negative things throughout the the history of the characters of the show. Uh, and he pops up in a, in a very charismatic ways uh, that, uh, that that threaten to put Raylan at odds with him, or maybe direct opposition. But also, you wonder why these guys. You know, you do sense that these guys could have been friends at one point, uh, and when their agendas maybe overlap. Um, they could they could do great things together. So uh, it's a it's a really interesting dichotomy, and the show does a great job, I think, of of pitting them not necessarily always head to head, but in key issues where sometimes they have a similar interest and sometimes they don't. Uh, and it's fascinating to watch that play out. Well, he's Walton Goggins is such an amazing actor, and I feel like as as a writer, you just want to write the most amazingly delicious dialogue for that guy. Yes. So just like. Beautiful, beautiful sentences pour out of that guy's mouth. He's just, he's just he's just saying these incredibly, sometimes horrible things, sometimes amazingly poetic things. But just the dialogue that comes out of Boyd Crowder, he's probably I gotta imagine he's the most fun character to write for on that show. He's just he's incredible. And and when you get the scenes with him and Raylan in the same room together, they're always explosive. Sometimes it takes a while for those scenes to come together. Whenever they do, it's always just incredible stuff. Yeah. And, and this is a, he's a good character. That's an example of, we can, we can criticize the show on a, on a very base level about all the things we've talked about, but here's this incredibly complicated character in Boyd Crowder, who, as you've said, is so eloquent. He's obviously a cut above and, and, and way different than a lot of people around him in terms of his intelligence level. Uh, and he's the kind of guy you, you get the impression he could have been a lot of things. Uh, and he stayed in Harlan County. Uh, and he maybe he did some time in the military, but he, he, uh, he could have been a lot of things, but by staying in Harlan County, he's become one thing. And that one thing really defines who he is. And he's got to be the best at it or he's not going to be anybody. Uh, and there's a lot wrapped up in that character about his family history and who he's got to let down and who he's got to live up to and those things. And uh, there's a, it's, it's not quite a Batman and Joker thing with he and Raylan uh, because they're not that diametrically opposed. But there is that thing where you realize, man, with one or two more turns of the screw or a slightly different background, Raylan could have been Boyd and vice versa. Boyd could have been Raylan. Yeah, uh, you kind of just took something right out of my mouth. I was going to make a Batman-Joker comparison between the two, not the least of which is because you could totally see Walton Goggins playing the Joker. Uh, just like phys- right. physically, he looks like you put clown makeup on that guy and he would be one of the most terrifying movie jokers we'd ever gotten. <laughs> he, he'd be incredible. He'd be amazing. Uh, but I do think that there's a Batman Joker kind of dichotomy between the two uh, to a degree. Um, but but more than that, what I, what I wanted to say about the show is that I've often heard it referred to as Batman in Kentucky in the sense that, you know, Raylan Givens is this guy who's going around and busting all these bad guys. And he just has this expansive, ever expanding rogues gallery of colorful criminals to hunt down uh, just in the same way that Batman has just like this amazing amazing roster of horrible villains that he always has to go after of course Batman does not use lethal force and Raylan Givens very much uses lethal force uh, but I think that there's something something to be said about the collection of bad guys in Harlan County a, a lot of 
of them do die. You know, a lot of them are one-off bad guys that are only in one episode. Some of them are around for seasons and they don't make it out of the season alive or they're only in a season and a half. Some of them make it through the entire show up to, up to where we are now on the show. But there's just a great, great collection of criminals that orbit this world of Arwen. Yes. And I think that when the show really starts spending extensive time with the, the, the individual players on that on that realm, the criminals, that's when the show really hits its stride. And it becomes less a show about one man with kind of a dark passenger or like a Batman and style kind of code uh, that, that causes him to act violently or put himself in jeopardy it, it, when it becomes about the, the, you know, him versus these people who maybe just see things slightly differently than he does and are not really that different than him in that regard. Uh, they're living by their own code. It's just slightly different. It's the same kind of code they inherited. They didn't reject. And so that's when the show really pops and sings to me when it hits its stride in season two. I think most people, would would say season two is their favorite season of the show uh, and that that is a show that really delves into uh so the background of some of the kind of uh, more twisted people in the in the world so uh, in the world of the show i should say so yeah it, it it is a little bit like that but i but i also the reason i said that is it reminds me of that the killing joke batman and joker where you just you really do get the feeling that Raylan givens is just not that far from being one of the people that he's he's hunting down like he if he didn't strictly adhere to his code if he didn't do what he does then where would he be he might be where these people are yeah i could see it i could see it. and i th- i think that's a a question that's constantly on the table with this show i i think i think that's always there right and um so we we talk about the bad guys let's talk about some of the good guys uh let's let's talk about some of the marshals that Raylan works with so Raylan is a, a he's a US marshal he was in Miami he's he's transferred over to Kentucky when the show begins there are three other marshals in the service it's it's uh that that we see in the Lexington office it's uh Art Mullen who is the chief deputy of the office and there's also Tim Gutterson and Rachel Brooks uh Tim Gutterson being uh this you know he he was a former was he was he army he was a sniper yeah i think he, he was like yeah it was his army sniper i think he's like the only person on the show who is a better shot than Raylan. Uh, he's a better shot than 99.99999% of the population yeah he, like that's his superpower Right. He he's he's dead shot but a good guy. <laughs> right, right. Basically. Uh and Rachel and I think that this speaks to one of the problems of the show. I couldn't tell you too much about Rachel. Uh, and I think if there's a criticism that you can level at Justified is that uh some of these supporting characters on the good guy side don't get fully fleshed out. Yeah, and the show makes clear choices uh, in that regard and has tried to do some service in later seasons with those characters. But yeah, I mean, they're there from the pilot uh, and some of them, some of them remain, some of them don't. But to the extent that uh, you've got a you've got a main character relationship, the relationship between Raylan and Art is sort of at the center of it. Raylan. Yeah, so can, very- can you tell us a little bit about about Art? Yeah, it, Art is essentially the the chief of the the local marshal station, and and I believe in the context of the show, he's requested Raylan come back. They had worked in an academy together, uh, teaching firearms use, and he Art kind of fondly remembers him, knows he's from the area, thinks he might be a good fit in their office. Art is sort of a surrogate father to Raylan in a lot of respects. Raylan has a very complicated family history, which we won't get into here, but we will get into as we start talking about the show. Uh, but suffice to say that his history in Harlan. Uh, puts him in some difficult positions and Art is cognizant of that, aware of it. And Art is sort of trying to guide him and keep him on the straight and narrow. And 
Art is a kind of upstanding, kind of no-nonsense lawman, but uh, but definitely is is sort of a surrogate father figure to Raylan. And their relationship is every bit at the center of a lot of the major things that happen in the show and the series as it goes on uh, throughout the first couple of seasons, especially. Uh, Art is sort of a mentor and a surrogate father, like I said. Uh, and and their relationship is, is very important because Raylan, to the extent that he strays from his role as a lawman or he... He soldiers out on his own. He's putting art in jeopardy. He's he's really putting art on the line. Art's art's job, art's uh, caring about Raylan is always put on the line by Raylan. So that's a, a key point of conflict, and that relationship is really strong. Um, what happens with Raylan and, and Rachel and Tim, like you said, not so much. They, they've tried to do a better job of that, but I think the show makes clear decisions to stick with the villains in a lot of respects and to have them have the stories uh, rather than have these supporting marshals have the stories. So that's just a decision the show makes. And as the show is, pardon me, <coughs> sneezing, coughing, as the show has gone on, it's done a better job of that. I think so. Um, and I think you actually, you, you touch on an interesting point with the, with sort of the father son dichotomy between Raylan and art, because it's not something we'll dive into too much detail on now. Certainly a lot next week when we talk about season one is Raylan's, Raylan's a guy with, uh, there's an episode of Lost called All the Best Cowboys Have Daddy Issues. And that certainly applies to Raylan Givens. He's got daddy issues up the wazoo, whether he would like to admit them or not. And they're front and center on this show. Uh, you can't, you can't avoid him. Uh, Raylan's, Raylan's issues with where he comes from, you know, the, the world of Harlan, where he comes from, his hometown. It's, it's not, it goes beyond that. It, it's, it's a, it's a deeply personal thing with his, with his family, uh, that, that plays out in really interesting, subtle ways throughout the show. Yeah. He's not coming back to Kentucky because he wants to be. He actively does not want to be in Kentucky. Right. It's the last place on earth he wants to be. Right. And there's there's very good reasons why. And the show does a kind of a bang up job with that. I don't know how much of that is expanded on in the writing, in the short story, Fire in the Hole, that that we've talked about. And we won't spoil a lot of the details of that. Just to say that isn't really something that's super covered. Uh, There's a a passing mention of some of Raylan's family in that story. But um, it is absolutely something that they wanted to delve deeper into on the show. And I think they they do a fantastic job. The, The show really does. We talked about how it's so fun and how the scenes with the villains really pop and how the interactions are all great. But really, the the key relationships that Raylan has specifically and all of these things that that make him the person who he is from his past and how they come back to him, whether it's in a haunting way or whether it comes rushing back to him, are all so important to the show. And the show does such a phenomenal job with uh, with doing that and the emotional moments of that, that uh, it can't be ignored. It's This isn't just a fun show that's really cracking and like fun to watch like a sons of anarchy or a show like that uh, this is a show that has a lot of depth uh, and it has a lot of intricate relationships between characters that play out over series you know in episodes and in seasons and and not something that um that we just that they don't that they short shrift or don't pay anything other than lip service to they really delve into these things in a like you said, in a subtle way, in a nuanced way, they let them luxuriate and really play out over seasons. And the show is so much the better for it because the emotional moments in the show uh, are really a cut above what you would expect from, I think, your first blush at the show. Yeah, I think that's I think that's absolutely true. I think if you were just judging the book by its cover, you wouldn't expect this to be a show that's got some very serious, dramatic, emotional beats. However, I will say I do think that 
you could you could watch the show with your brain half turned off and still have a pretty good time. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I don't recommend it because you'll miss out on a lot of stuff. But if you just want to see a show about basically a modern day cowboy shooting crap up and having uh, these in, increasingly creative ways out of dangerous situations with with an icy cool demeanor pretty much all the time, sometimes his his temper flashing up as well. This is this is a great show to tune into. Uh, I, I think that this is one of the more fun shows on TV as well. Yeah, there there really are few shows that are that really crackle and like pop in, in terms of the the fun of it. But it isn't just that. It it's so Elmore Leonard, right? It's like it's pulp. It's it's hard boiled, but yet it's really funny and there's an edge to it. Like if you think of Get Shorty or or something like that. It it has all those aspects to it, but the show also really just does so well in the quiet moments, in those character beats and those character relationships uh, and that that you're not just getting uh you're not just getting sizzle, you're also getting steak. And and that is a. Is Can we a go fantastic. to the Sizzler? I would love to go. Me really hungry. Like oh God, that sounds fantastic. We don't have that here. Really, no Sizzler. No Sizzler. What's your, what's your steakhouse franchise? Ponderosa. Ponderosa. We have Outback. Isn't that where you go and you get voted out? And isn't yeah. Outback the steak you have when you're on the show? What Sandra Diaz Twine's favorite. That's what I heard. No, the the, the thing is, I, I don't want to talk about it, but. When I was a kid, there was a restaurant called Bonanza, uh-huh. and there was also a restaurant called Ponderosa. Those are two restaurants based on a television show, the <laughs> same one, Gunsmoke. It's like if if there was going to be a restaurant franchise based around a television show today, I don't know what it would be, but I think it would be – I think we'd laugh at it. And yet here are two existing restaurant franchises built around a television show. How's the food in Kentucky? Uh, well, it's 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 very good. The unfortunately, the the state's probably most popular dish is something called burgoo, which is like a the name is enough to keep you away, probably. But it's a kind no, of a I'm game. into it. I want to know into, more. You like burgoo? Yeah. Tell I me promise more. you it's not like a gooey cheeseburger. That's fine. I just want to hear about it. It's like a stew that's made with game meats like rabbit and things like that. Uh, deer. There obviously are tons of deer in Kentucky. It's a very big hunting state. So uh, your game meats like your your venison and your deer or your rabbit are, are very popular. And Burgoo is a stew. We we pardon me. We do bar, we do barbecue, mutton barbecue, uh, which is very popular in Owensboro. Uh, Kentucky is not really a barbecue state, though. So uh, you've got a lot of uh, a lot of kind of down home cooking type recipes. Uh, there's you know, there's bourbon in a lot of recipes. There's chess pie, which is a very uh, popular dessert, which is so heavy with like an egg base. And it's it, there's a lot of really good things in Kentucky. I have a Kentucky cookbook I'd be happy to share with you. Yeah, I would. I would love to see it. Uh, Raylan Givens favorite food is ice cream. It's ice cream. So that's uh, that's kind of boring. He loves ice cream. Well, in in the in fire in the hole, I was sort of a little uh, uh, stomach upturned a little bit that one of the dishes that was mentioned a couple times in the short story was baked possum. Ooh, yeah, I, that's not something that I've ever had the pleasure of uh, of eating. But I have had my fair share of deer and rabbit and and uh, stuff that was wild and then caught and then cooked so that does happen <laughs> it's a uh, it's uh, there's a lot of woods in kentucky like i said the appalachians uh, pass through the eastern part of the state uh so there there's just a lot of really interesting flora and fauna in kentucky fun fact like bourbon to be called bourbon doesn't have to be made in kentucky but the reason that kentucky bourbon is different is that the, there's limestone under the
the ground. And when the water seeps through the limestone in the ground, the limestone takes out a lot of the things that make the you know water negative. And the water that comes out is so pure. And the climate in central Kentucky is such that when you age the bourbon in that climate with a full four seasons and the temperature doesn't get too, too hot and it doesn't get too, too cold, uh, that's perfect for aging uh, bourbon whiskey. So there are a lot of really interesting little intricate things like that about the state. Show doesn't really touch on that, a lot of that, but I feel like the show does not do a disservice to Kentucky. They, uh, they mention local geography a lot. Um, we've talked on the strain a lot about Canadian New York. I was going to bring oh, that just, up. I was going to bring that up because on the strain, the strain takes place in New York. It's shot in Toronto. Uh, their, their understanding of New York City geography baffles me. It, it boggles my mind. It's my least favorite part about the strain, but maybe my favorite part about our post-show recaps podcast covering the strain. I, uh, and I so, can't believe it's a place in New York called Go- Goanus. It's Goanus. Okay. I, some, some people call it Goanus. I apologize. Because they're immature. Uh, but no, you, you know, I, I've been talking to you off the air. Uh, when, when you, you reached out to me after you finished reading fire in the hole, you're like, holy crap. Uh, there, there's so many accurate mentions of like Cincinnati and Kentucky and, and all of the, like the, the locations and the geography. Uh, so you're going to be on Canadian Kentucky watch. Yeah. And I have, but it been. sounds like you don't really need to be that much. No, I, I have been as I've watched the show. They mentioned, and the show is, is at least mostly, if not completely shot in Los Angeles. Yeah, I think the pilot might have substituted uh, some parts of Western Pennsylvania for Kentucky. But other than that, you're right. It's been almost exclusively shot in L.A. To my knowledge, they've never shot anything in in Kentucky. I don't know. I'm not not sure. But I know that at least like 95 percent of that show is Los Angeles. But I think they do a, a fair job of, of replicating, especially when you get into Harlan and some of these small towns uh, in the eastern part of the state. You, you see a lot of these kind of uh, kind of just weird setups where the roads weren't built uh, for, you know, lots, tons of through traffic. They were really built just to get from one piece of property to the other. And they're not exactly well traveled. And I think they do a pretty good job of capturing that. They, they do make Lexington look like a city the size of Los Angeles which is wholly inaccurate uh, and, and rather comical at best. The, the things that happen in Lexington are so much bigger than the actual Lexington uh, of Kentucky fame. So it, it is it is interesting in that Canadian Lexington. It's it's almost like California, Californian Lexington, or like or like Santa Monica Lexington, or I, I don't know how to exactly to describe it, but they they make Lexington a lot different than it is. But other than that, other than that, <coughs> pardon me, they get the street names accurate. They they really the timing seems to be pretty good. Uh, everything seems to jibe pretty well. Um, I, I get lost a little bit in it because I'm not you're not always sure like who's supposed to be where, when and and where you are. I, I don't think the show cares to show the viewers that sense of geography it's not like westeros where at the beginning you see a map where everything is uh, it doesn't really play out that way but everything's relatively close and i think they do a good a good job of making it seem pretty accurate do you have a favorite character on justified it's uh i mean my favorite character would would ha- ha- let me ask you that question because i don't want to uh i don't want to necessarily betray things that i know about the, the full the full series well I, I would say boyd is is pretty easy for me uh as as a favorite i love walton goggins as an actor uh but the but the character that i think i outside of that and outside of raylan i think those are the two obvious ones uh i think the character i i like the most is dewey crow Interesting. Okay. All right. I do like Dewey Crow. My my favorite and I don't want to go Dewey Crow is like the 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 littlest booger on the planet and he's just wonderful. 
Yeah, he he really and you talk about somebody with outsized beliefs in their ability to do certain things. He uh he has this sort of grand American ideal that he can do anything that he dreams about. And if he just thinks that he can achieve it and boy, is he proven wrong. And well, really- he's, he's a superhuman. He has four kidneys. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> it is true. As you uh, watch the show, you'll understand. What that's that a good means. reference. That's a good reference. Yeah, yeah. I would say <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything about this character. My favorite character is Arlo. Okay, cool. Yeah is Arlo for sure. And, uh, and that is, uh, there just a great, great performance there and some, some fantastic moments and just a perfect foil for so much of what goes on and a really interesting, uh, drawing of a character that, you know, has an impact on the story, um, in the ways that he does. I, I that's definitely my favorite character. Uh, of course I have a huge soft spot for Boyd. Who doesn't, that is a, that's a phenomenal character played incredibly and they, they do so much for that character. But yeah, I, I think I just, if you, if you haven't watched Justify before and you're hearing us gush about Boyd and then you watch the pilot and you're going to wonder why we called him a wonderful character. Uh, yeah, uh, stay, no stay tuned. Yeah, no doubt. So, and I think you'll see in the performance at least why the producers uh, after the pilot would want to do more with that character. Absolutely. Uh, final question before we start to wrap up here. Team Ava or Team Winona? Oh, that's tough. Uh, that is really tough. I've had people give me I've had one one friend of mine uh my friend Gary said that he thought Ava was the the hottest woman he'd ever seen wow Joelle yeah. Carter she's a she's a terrific actress yeah and Beautiful and lady. so that, I mean that he just was if she is the the thing about her is I I have met people like her I know people like her and so there's definitely a soft spot uh there's definitely a soft spot there but Winona is 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 almost class personified she's she's got this edge of that southern belle that that kind of woman that you know uh is sort of idyllic or or ideal you know represented as an ideal for so many people uh she's class and she's really kind of above it all and she she, she does a really good job of being patient with so much that uh, she's Ava's a firecracker and, and Winona is sort of a slow burn. And I think that there's room for both. And it's interesting that uh, that there is a kind of a dichotomy there between the two of them. I, I think I'm on team Winona. Wow. OK. Yeah. It'd be, I, I don't think I can choose. So uh, I asked you the hard question. I don't think I'm going to give an answer. I like them both. Yeah, I mean, I, they're both great. And the, the show, there are other female characters in the show, and we, we'll get into them as we get our weeks to come here. Uh, the show ha, has some really stellar standout female characters. Mags Bennett? Mags Bennett is, is, is as good as it gets. Uh, Loretta? Is, is as good as it gets. Loretta's got a lot. She's gotten a lot to do on the show. Ellen May? Uh, I, yeah, not, yeah, not, not, yeah, there's there's definitely some some stuff there. So, but but I was thinking Ellen a May's lot hilarious. about... I was thinking a lot about Mags. Like, that is... That's one of the best TV roles uh, that that, there, that there's ever been. Martin, as far Martindale as Martindale wins an Emmy yeah, for this, she's so good. She's so incredible. She's so good. So that's something to look forward to as we get as we get forward through into the series. But I think with Winona and Ava, they've got two really solid female characters there, um, both of whom have, like I said, one might be more of a slow burn, one might be more of a firecracker, but both are bringing a lot to the table, and uh, not just in how they relate to the male characters on the show, but in the decisions they make for themselves and how that plays out. And unfortunately, um, 
Well, I don't want to get into it too much. We'll we'll just see how that plays out throughout the course of the series. So needless to say, tons and tons and tons and tons to talk about regarding Justified. We're just getting started here, as we mentioned at the top of the show. We're going to keep it a little bit shorter than usual uh, today. We're going to we're going to start stopping now. Uh, but I'll ju- I'll just close out by saying that, you know, we've covered a lot of shows here on Post Show Recaps, both Antonio, myself and just Post Show Recaps in general of the shows that I've covered. I think I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Game of Thrones man, first and foremost. But of the other shows that I tend to talk about, I think Justified is 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 number one for me uh so i'm really i'm really pumped to dive into that antonio and i have done a lot of podcasting about shows like the leftovers which i think we we grew to like quite a bit uh after being a little cautious about it to begin with the strain i still i still don't know if it's my favorite show on television i certainly don't know but it's a fun it's a fun show to talk about uh but but as far as shows that are currently on tv you know shows that have not concluded their runs yet justified is one of the ones that i'm most invested in i'm really excited to to re watch it because i've only watched through it the one time i've never revisited it uh i'm right now i'm five episodes deep into season one and i'm, I'm just i'm falling in love with this show all over again uh and especially antonio you know you're the, the local lore that you can bring to this thing is uh yeah i hope i didn't bore you too no, much not at all it's, it's, it's bourbon and uh, burgoo and well, horse racing think, and all the, all the think, rest no I, th- I think that's good to set that up uh right right at the beginning because we're going to be diving deep into a lot of the character and story stuff as we as we start going into these podcasts so you've you've uh set up uh the you you've you set us up with a, a thick layer of burgoo uh to stand on as we as we move forward with these justified podcasts so next week i think we are looking at a premiere date for this podcast of december 10th is when i would say you should look out for this one it's going to to be the season one uh, podcast, season one of Justified. We're going to be talking about that whole first season, so you got plenty of time to go and catch up on it. If you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, uh, that's where Justified is streaming. Uh, it's not on Netflix. You can get the the discs on Netflix, but you have to stream it on Amazon Prime unless you're creative and you find other ways to watch a show. Which I'm not encouraging. I'm not saying anything uh, that you should do that. Uh, but you should definitely you should definitely go and watch this show for the first time if you haven't seen it before. If you like what Antonio and I do here on Post Show Recaps. If you're looking for a show to watch right now and you're into, like, you know, the action pack, uh, very funny, sometimes very serious drama, you know, just a show that really has it all. It's kind of, it, it's a little bit of Breaking Bad. If you're a Breaking Bad fan, you're going to find things from that show that I think you'll like a lot here in Justified. Uh, you should give this show a shot. And if you have watched all of Justified, hopefully this will help you catch up in time for the premiere January 20th. That's when we're going to be doing this thing. Subscribe to what we're doing here on Post Show Recaps, postshowrecaps.com slash iTunes. Uh, Antonio is on Twitter at AC Mazzaro. That's two Zs and one R. I'm at Round Howard, like Ron Howard, but a little bit rounder. Uh, Antonio, oh, you said it. You I did, said I did it. say it. I did say it. Antonio, do we have a, a hashtag for this one? Uh, I, what, what, what do we say? Uh, Maybe hashtag uh, Burgoo, yeah, B-U-R-G-O-O. B-U-R-G-O-O. So hashtag Burgoo, B-U-R-G-O-O. If you it kind of gross. I'm sorry that I've brought this into the consciousness. No, it's great. It's great. I'm good. I, I want to come and try some, Antonio. I want to come visit you in, in Kentucky I and hope- try some Burgoo. My home is always open to you, sir. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Uh, but no, get, give us your, your, your hashtag Burgoo if you've made it this far, if you plan on joining in for the ride. We really hope you do. And uh, until then, fire in the hole! <laughs> <laughs>